Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. In the world of modern technology, we open our laptops, scroll endlessly on our smartphones, send tons of data to the cloud, and we don't think twice about it. But have you ever wondered how we got to now with our personal devices? What it took were teams of engineers and programmers who had the vision and audacity to build new machines. I'm Saranya Barak. Join me for an incredible new season of the podcast and keep on coding. Season four is airing now. Subscribe to Command Line Heroes today, wherever you get your podcasts. For me, makerspace is a lot about the mindset. We now need different tools to make different conversations and learn how to learn and be in a process that you are learning all the time. And inside makerspace is just one way to do that. This episode of the Women in Tech podcast is a Red Bull Basement University special edition. In this series, you'll hear from both students and mentors of the program over the next few weeks. The top thing I got out of Red Bull Basement University is getting to know lots of new people. I gained a lot of experience through these workshops that Red Bull gives us and also makes a lot of friends around the world and it's just amazing. One word that I would use to describe Red Bull Basement University is exciting. Red Bull Basement University means to me an amazing opportunity and amazing experience. If you too want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. We would not be able to support and celebrate women in tech around the world if it weren't for you. Thank you so much for being a listener and a fan of the show. To contribute and donate, simply go to womenintech.fm on the upper right-hand side and click Donate, which empowers us to continue celebrating women in tech around the world. Thank you for being a part of our journey. Celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited to be with our next women in tech here at Red Bull Basement University. Yes, in Toronto, Canada, inspiring the world how we can innovate, change, and strengthen our emerging markets around the world. I'm so excited to have you here. Go ahead and tell everybody who you are, a little bit about what you do, and why you love Red Bull Basement University as much as I do. Hi, uh, my name is Gabriela Agostini. I'm from Brazil, and I run a social organization over there. It's called Olabi. We run a makerspace inside of our organization. And basically, we've been working in the tech uh, field, helping people to um, organize their own ideas, to make it happen. And also, we've been working a lot within this diversity in tech. So I'm <laughs> awesome. super excited to be here. I'm so, and how did you discover Red Bull Basement University? Um, I've been helping Red Bull in Brazil, Red Bull Basement, the program 
program since 2016 yeah. as a mentor. And then now I'm in the global program. And basically, I'm super happy since the beginning when they invited me because I think like such a unique program where you are like make connections yeah. and also helping people in a really, really good way to put their ideas on the street and to make it happen. So, yeah, I really like it. And for everybody that doesn't know, can you go ahead and tell us what is Red Bull Basement University and what kind of mentorship opportunities do we have here? Okay, so Red Bull Basement University is a global program that basically helping students around universities in the whole world to build their own ideas around tech and social impact. So you have people from everywhere, from Kenya, Japan, New Zealand, Brazil, and all the countries that you can imagine, students from university, and they're basically building applications. This year, the motto is um, building applications that are helping their students' life. So helping them in the process of yeah. learning, um, understand better the campus, optimizing their process, their time, whatever it is. Yeah. It's just like nice ideas that make their life is easier. And I think like the program is a lot about empowering people, especially young people, to change their mindset and yes. put themselves in a way that they're solving problems and not just waiting for things get done, you know? Totally. So, and I think that's a big shift. And when did you first become interested in technology in the startup world? I mean, it is so cool you have a makerspace. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> when did this first happen? Were you a kid? Or when, when did this interest first develop? Uh, actually, I studied journalism at the university, and I used to be journalist. And I was journalist in the beginning of the 2000, the year. So basically, uh, it was a moment that all this idea of blogs and social networks was like gaining attention. And I was super curious about that. And I found out that technology was a language. And that was super powerful to understand. And indeed, is a language. It's like Japanese, Spanish, English. It's a language. Yeah, it's something that is not just something to build an idea. It's the idea itself. It's something that you can use to reframe a lot of things and a lot of process. Totally. And you can design the words in a different way because it's like the language. And more and more, I could see that it's like a language that has a lot of power and was changing the words. So I started to get more involved. Right. And at some point, I couldn't understand that have access to create technology was such a big power because otherwise we were just consuming and we had like this big boom of tech industry right. and put everyone as a consumer and I was like whoa if it's a power if it's a language we have to be part of this right and you have to question this and you yeah. have to make like a critical mass around this topic right so this is why I started a makerspace in Brazil because we didn't have a lot of space trying to bring this idea that we can create technology, you can create your own reality, you can make like accessible and democratized tools right. that empower people to create or even like questioning things that uh, are happening around them. Now, in, in Brazil, was it easy to create a makerspace or what, what would you say has been your biggest obstacle that you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? I don't think it's easier at all in any country in the world. Uh, and in Brazil, specifically, it's more difficult because we are not like leading technology discussions. Usually, the things like arrived there a bit late. Right. So it was hard to do it a few years ago. Right. Um, but, and I think like the main difficult, it's, 
is show people a different process and try to understand that technology is something to create, not just inside the, the industry, the traditional industry, right, right. and with traditional process. That was hard to convince people about this. And it was, of course, was hard to find money for this. Of was, course. was hard to find a business model around this. But then it's like, um, that's the idea. You can create, you can try, you can experiment. And then we did it, and it's been working. It's not, it's not easy, it's hard, yeah. but everything is hard, isn't it? So Yeah, I mean, I guess it all depends on your perspective and looking on things. And so what has been, you know, a solid piece of advice that you've gotten to help maintain that strong, powerful perspective? So no matter what challenges come your way, you overcome them. I think, like, the main thing is to don't try to follow exactly one path mm. and try to build models that are kind of resilient and flexible enough right. because then you can, like, change according the contest you have. So mostly of the success that we have is because we are flexible. So we have, like, different projects. We have different models. We've been working with different layers and in different perspectives. And that makes it easier to change the things when you don't find money for one specific action or when you don't find space to do another thing. So I think flexibility is super important. Definitely. One thing you brought up here at Red Bull Basement University that you're a part of in Brazil is the whole mentorship piece and I think mentorship is so important and sometimes it's daunting what is it to how do you find a mentor what is it to have a mentor what do you learn from your mentor what are you supposed to get from your mentor I like to think about it in our life we have a secret board of advisors for our own life and we have these people they may not even know it but they're part of our personal board of advisors exactly. and so like if we want to be amazing at processes in our business or if we want to be amazing at marketing or if we want to be amazing communicators or an amazing speaker or really dynamic nutrition we find these people who do it really well and then they become our secret advisors and only a secret to them not to us and then we form relationships like mentorship so that we could gain that knowledge. What does it look like to find a mentor? What does that mentorship relationship look like in, in your space? Tell me more about just the world of mentorship. Yeah, uh, I guess like the most effective way to be a mentor is like, as you said, is about being running by the desire of who you are mentoring. So I don't believe much in like top down process mm -hmm. where you have like a specific path and you give to someone and say, okay, that's the process or that's the path or whatever, yeah. because like people has different needs and people learn in different ways and people are like, Work, their minds work differently. So sometimes you have just to open space for the needs of the others and right. their questions. And through that, you can like guide in a process. And I really believe that part of the process of a mentorship is open connections because I think like having reference and having as more reference as you can and have like network and have yeah. like understanding about things happening in other countries or whatever it is. Yeah. It's super important and it's hard to find. So when you find people that open your doors, open your reference and connect you to other people, it's powerful because then you, with connections, with like 
content that you can find everywhere in curiosity and passion, you yeah. can build a, a lot of things. And one thing, and I want to get back to your makerspace and, and the kind of people you have at your makerspace, but one thing I just want to point out here, we were watching one of the speakers earlier today give a talk on his athleticism. He climbs uh, glaciers and and mountains, and it was just amazing. But it reminded, and I saw the Red Bull logo as he's giving his talk, And to many people around the world, Red Bull is an energy drink. But Red Bull isn't an energy drink. Red Bull's a feeling, right? Yes. And like to think about when we're making, when we're creating, it's not about our service or our product. It's about how do we want our consumers to feel? What do we want them to think? Like who are they and how do we empower them? So... How does your makerspace help foster that creativity and innovation um, in Brazil? Stick around. We'll be right back after the break. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. How does your makerspace help foster that creativity and innovation um, in Brazil? Yeah, I think like you said something super important that is like Red Bull is a lot about giving wings, isn't it? Yeah. And that can be in the sports, can be like in the tech industry, can be in a makerspace where you have tools that you can materialize ideas that's like giving wings. So I that's love that. giving nice. wings. Yeah. yeah, it's their motto, right? Yeah, yeah, isn't it? So yeah, like I think like all makerspace, all this tech space, incubators, and all this idea that you can democratize access to knowledge and tech knowledge is a lot about giving wings, is a lot about giving power, is a lot about facilitating and give access to, in our case, we are super worried with people that usually are not part of the tech industry. Right. So we work a lot with women, we work a lot with people of color, we work a lot with elderly people, young people, so we, we are basically trying to diversify the tech industry. You're very really open and believe. very inclusive. Yeah. yeah. We have inclusion in our main focus because we think that we need that in the moment that we are facing the world. Right. So, yeah, that's a lot about our work. And I think, like, Red Bull is the same. You know, they are trying to put people from the whole countries in the same room as we are yeah. seeing. He's crazy. It's crazy. It? Tell us a little <laughs> bit about that and also just, like, I think I missed a really important point. Will you tell everybody that who doesn't know what is a makerspace? Yeah, I can't believe I didn't ask that because it, some people may not know. Yes, exactly. Um, makerspace is a tag that usually is connect of this space where you have like machines, tools, and knowledge and networks where people can come. Usually connect to design and tech uh, related products, right? And they can build their own products using a three D printer, a laser cutting, or building like sensors or even like software ideas. 
That's like the common sense of the makerspace. But actually, I understand personally makerspace as a space of creation, as a blank space where you can invite people from different backgrounds, different mindsets to build their worlds that they believe they want to live in. Right. So we started like five years ago without any machines and just like invite people from different backgrounds. So for me, and then we start to build the space, the um, tables, the chairs, and putting the machines. But for me, makerspace is a a lot about the mindset. It's a lot about this shifting that we need nowadays in the society, where we start discussions in a much more practical way. We start to build things to to just like unlock conversations and unleash potentials to change the world, you know, because just like dialoguing and in a more theoretical perspective, we didn't like, like we did a lot in the world, but like we now need different tools to make different conversations and to build a different world. And I think like be practical and learn how to learn and be like in a process that you are learning all the time. It's super crucial for the moment that we are living. And we can achieve that through maker uh, process, to maker culture. And inside maker space is just like one way to do that. It's not the only one, but it's a really nice way to do that because it can be playful and can be put everyone in the same mindset that's like this lifelong learning mindset. And and to jump around again, it was just really beautiful, the eclectic cultures that are sitting in the room right now from all around the world, students learning how to innovate. Can you tell us, like, what, what are the dynamics? Because I am just in awe of what's going on here. This is, like I said, it's just so much more than an energy drink. Yeah, exactly. So um, the students that we have here are like the finalists. So they already had like votes and had a, like a local process that back in their country, back in their country. Yeah. So they had we have like the twenty four projects here, and they had like mentorship through Skype before we came. It's not a Skype; it was like the Cisco platform, <laughs> uh, but it was like online. Yeah. And then they are here for like a global workshop where yeah. they are like sharing ideas to each other. Uh, have like mentors and external consultants helping them to develop better their ideas. Right. And then we have the final pitch on Sunday where we are going to like meet like the best ideas and see who is going to win. So it's a competition, but more than a competition, it's just like this process right. where people are becoming a family, a global family. It's so where true. Where they can share ideas to each other. It's crazy. You know? Community is everything. Yeah. It's everything. What is your favorite tech tool? Like mobile app, software, website? Oh my God, that's terrible, isn't it? I'm super addicted on Instagram. Yeah, Instagram counts. It counts. <laughs> uh, apart from Instagram and WhatsApp and all these things that is like nowadays, uh, I don't know, Spotify, you cannot say any of this. Spotify and Instagram, they count. Where can people find out more about your space and more about you? Are you on LinkedIn? Yes, I am. It's Gabriella Agostini. Oh my gosh. And wait, and I want to, do you have a card on you so I could spell? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, So you could find Gabriella on LinkedIn. Search for G-A-B-R-I-E-L-A, last name A-G-U-S-T-I-N-I. And Gabriella, are you is is LinkedIn your preferred method, or do you prefer Instagram yeah. or Twitter yeah, or Facebook? Yeah, and we have like the Instagram of Olabi is Olabi Makerspace, and we do a lot. You know, we are all the time posting, and you are all welcome to send messages. Yeah, so on Instagram, go to Olabi Makerspace. O L A B I M A K E R S P A C E. 
Yes. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. Has this been your first podcast? Yes. Yes. Oh, Oh my God. The first of many more to come. (laughs) It's so exciting. Is there anything else that you wanted to say that we didn't say? No, no, no. It's fine. It's perfect. Thank you. Of course. If you want to connect and collaborate with more other extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Takes you straight there. Say hello on social, at Women in Tech Show, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. I am Gabriella Agostini. I'm founder of Olabi Makerspace. That is a space where people can create technology in Rio, Brazil. You are listening to Women in Tech. If you too want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. We're so proud of what we've created with the Women in Tech podcast. To support us in our journey to celebrating women in tech around the world, go to womenintech.fm and click on the donation link on the right side of the page. That's womenintech.fm. The donation link is the top right side of the page. We really appreciate you being a part of our journey and we look forward to celebrating so many more women to come. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Adam Carroll. Show notes by Carl Marty. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.